This is the Key to Authority podcast, episode number three. Welcome to the Key to Authority podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Janish Pandya. To grow a business really quickly, you need to reach out to your clients on a one-to-many level so that you can make the best use of your time and efforts. And one such strategy for doing is public speaking. If you're serious about growing your authority, public speaking will help you grow it exponentially. Quite a lot of people are scared of public speaking and some studies even say that it is people's number one fear and death comes second. So if you're speaking in your industry about what you do and positioning yourself as an expert, then you're already miles ahead of your competition. When it comes to public speaking, it takes practice and effort to master the craft, but there are certain aspects of it that you could tweak or edit to create a massive difference in your presentation or speech. And one such tweak is the art of storytelling. If you try to recall a good presentation or a workshop that you last attended, I bet what you remember from it would be a story that was told during that presentation. And such is the power of storytelling. It hooks people in and imprints the principle in their brains. Storytelling is an art, and that is the topic of today's interview. Today's guest is Tom Murrell, an international business speaker who has devoted his entire career to the power of the spoken word. Tom is recognized by his peers as a Certified Speaking Professional, or CSP. This is the industry's highest award, and there are only 53 people with this in the whole of the Asia-Pacific region. He's also the co-author of Understanding Influence for Leaders at All Levels, released by McGraw-Hill. In a former life, he was a radio and TV presenter, executive producer and senior media executive, describing his 12 years at the Australian Broadcasting Corporation as an apprenticeship. A graduate of three Australian universities, he gained his MBA in marketing from the University of Western Australia. And guess what? He's also a former national junior hammer throw champion. There are quite a few aha moments in this interview, so make sure you have a pen and paper handy to note them all down. But before we get into the interview, I'd really like to thank today's sponsor, SiteGround. SiteGround is a WordPress and Joomla specialized hosting company. They add custom-made solutions to your hosting to make your website faster, safer, and better supported than any other company out there. I personally use SiteGround to manage my own website as well as my clients, and it is because of their 24-7 chat support and automated backup services that I give them my money. So, if you are fed up with the poor service of your current web host or looking to start a new website, then take SiteGround for a spin. Go to keytoauthority.com slash SiteGround to get started. And now, here's the Managing Director of ADEM Media, Tom Murrell. Tom, I really appreciate you coming and sparing some time for a person like your caliber, having a lot of business speaking international engagements and stuff, as well as running your public seminars and classes. I can understand you spared a lot of time for us and really appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Uh, Tom, so before we go get into all the details and that, tell me a bit more of how exactly you got started in the public speaking and... What got you going? Well, my first degree was an honours degree in biochemistry, and I spent a whole year trying to purify an enzyme. 
That taught me that I enjoyed people more than test tubes. <laughs> so I'm a qualified biochemist but never practised in that area. And then I studied agricultural economics. So I'm a qualified uh, economist but never practised in that area. So you can see there's a pattern here of uh, <laughs> short attention spans. I like lots of different things. Uh, when I was doing my second degree, I saw an ad in the local newspaper to go to a public meeting for a community radio station, went to that, and then I got bitten by the media bug, had my own radio show oh. as a volunteer on 2ARM FM in Armidale in northern New South Wales. Yep. And then I applied for a job as at the ABC as a broadcaster and rural reporter. And because I had my own radio show and the qualifications, I got that job and spent some time in Sydney. And then I spent actually 12 years at the ABC Whoa. Uh, presenting my own shows uh, as an executive producer and then a senior executive for six years, managing a uh, six to eight radio stations in Western Australia and also so I had a long career in radio uh, also had a short career as a TV weather presenter oh. so essentially my background is in media and ever since I uh, first went to university I've always been intrigued and interested about the power of the spoken word so I've really devoted my whole career, my 30-year career, to looking at the power of the spoken word. Yep. And now I leverage that as a speaker, as an author, as a workshop leader, as a consultant, um, as a uh, coach, a facilitator, a mentor. And, uh, yeah, really enjoy helping people to be more effective communicators. Yep. 30 years, that's a lot of years of experience. I can imagine a lot of different things you would have learned throughout and mistakes you've made and whatever lessons you learned from it. So I know a lot of people, there's a lot of things about public speaking that's really important and you have to go for every single thing to make the perfect speech or perfect pitch. Uh, but I know one specific thing is sharing your personal stories. So Tom, what is the key thing when it comes to sharing personal stories when it comes to public speaking? Well, the thing about personal stories is uh, building that emotional connection with the audience. So uh, if you want to make an impact as a speaker and ha be an authority or recognized uh, expert in your area, you're going to connect with people uh, at a heart level or emotional level through personal stories. So in professional speaking, we'd call this a signature story. Yep. So some story that you tell that is personal to you in your life. And when I'm coaching people on uh, on professional speaking, I drill down and really find out what are the key pivotal moments in their life yep when in when in their life have they been most challenged emotionally physically mentally and really tease those stories out yep. and find what those stories are and then we build a structure around those stories to emotionally connect with people now often uh you know a really really impactful movie yep will have a strong opening scene sound, lighting, character development, settings, all those sorts of things. When you're telling a personal story, you don't have access to all those movie-making tools, yep. but you've got to use the, the same techniques yep. in your storytelling. So you've got to have a great setting. You've got to have some great character development. You've got, got to have some sort of drama or emotional tension in your storytelling. So storytelling allows speakers to connect with audiences at an emotional level, making their stories more impactful. 
However, you also have, need to have a structure with your stories because yep. people get this idea of, okay, I've got to tell stories in my speech and they tell these long convoluted stories <laughs> and people say, well, so what? Who cares? <laughs> so your point, your story has to have a point. Okay. We call that a wisdom point. Yep. Some people might call it the moral of the story. You know, in, in lots of uh, religious narratives, you know, it's the narrative of the story, but what's the point to that? Mm. What's the moral to the story? So you've got to think, what's the point to this particular story? Yep. And then you've always got to relate it back to the audience. So then you've got to, you know, you've heard marketers talk about WIFM, what's yep. in it for me? Yep. Or what's in it for us? W-I-I-F-U. Yep. What's in it for us if you're speaking to a collective group? So you've got to always put yourself in the audience's perspective. So you've told the story. The story illustrates this point. But what's the benefit back to the audience yep. of you sharing that story and that wisdom point? So you've always got to frame it up in the audience perspective, what's in it for me. A lot of people come to speaking from an ego place. Yep. I'm a confident person. I've got all these short stories to tell. You know, I'm really good. A lot of people try and prove their ego through speaking. It's not about that at all. Like, I very much am a believer in the audience-focused speaker. Yep. So it's all about the audience. It's all about framing the story up that's going to be most relevant to the audience, telling the wisdom point that's going to be give the most value to the audience, and then really articulating in a very clear way what the benefit is to the audience. Yep. So that simple microstructure, story point benefit, is a really, really good way within a broader context of a speech to use storytelling for impact yep. and to cement your recognized authority status. Okay. And I loved how you mentioned that connecting with the person's emotions. So what are some examples you could share that people must have or particular things they could have in their story that would pull that emotional string? Well, like any good storyteller, you need uh, you need to build that emotion by using uh, anchor points. Yep. So these anchor points, traditionally using uh, NLP theory, would be um, audio anchor points. So when you're telling the story, you articulate some of the sounds in that particular story. Okay. Okay. So the the uh, uh, the people that are auditory learners will connect with that. Yep. Then you need to obviously our strongest uh, sense is the sense of sight. Mm. So for visual learners, which many many people are, you've got to build in visual anchor points. Okay. Now a lot of people, when you say you've got to make your story visual, think, oh, I've got to put a PowerPoint slide up. No, you've <laughs> got to build into your stories some visual elements like describe in a very descriptive way you know what the color of the the sky is or the color of the walls or the color of the room you're in and i say to people you've got to add texture to that okay visual texture if you're struggling with that go to a go to a hardware store and pull out a paint chart Mm. and the way they describe different colors avocado green (laughs) um uh you know that you need to put that texture in when you're describing the scene, right? Yep. For visual people, and then also uh, some people are kinesthetic, okay. so you've got to have those kinesthetic anchor points. And you know, how did the how did the 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 table feel? Was it smooth? Was it was it rough? Yeah. If you add all those elements into your storytelling, to your narrative, you'll connect with the audio learners. You'll connect with the visual learners. You'll connect with the kinesthetic learners. Yeah. Uh, and the story will be more memorable. It'll be imprinted on their brain. What you want to do is actually when you're telling the story, you want the audience to be 
playing their own movie in their own mind, okay. their own story in their own mind. Yeah. So everyone's movie will be different yep. because everyone's schema or how they see the view- world is different because of their own personal experiences, their beliefs, the way they've been brought up, the influence of their mentors, all those sorts of things. Yep. So no two people in the audience will have the same movie playing in their, mm. in their head. There'll be col- common elements, but everyone else's movie will be different. different. And that that's called imprinting. And you want to really imprint that story on people to make it memorable and impactful. Now, the worst thing you can do is if you're telling a story and then put up reality and put up a photograph of, of that moment in time. Okay. Because that will destroy the movie for people because mm. everyone's movie will be different based on their own imagination. So it's really harnessing the power of imagination. So I like to say if you're starting a story, say, imagine. Yeah. Imagine, da, 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 da. you know how a nursery rhymes. Yep. Once upon a time. No. That's the whole point. It's trying to. It's putting that imagination into it, so people are imagining it. Their brain is working. They're engaged. Their movies playing in their mind. That makes it really, really powerful. Also, in terms of delivery, when you're telling a story, you want to be animated. Yep. You want the inner actor to come out. It's like telling a four-year-old boy or five-year-old girl a bedtime story you really want to amp it up and be very animated to get that connection then in terms of vocal variety after you've told the story and you're saying the point of this story is this you want to drop your diaphragm have longer pauses be more serious because this is the important time to listen to me have more gravitas in your voice because this is the important point I'm going to now share with you about this story. And then we come to the benefit even more serious. So you can see in that microstructure that they give a story point benefit, the vocal variety you use will also keep the audience engaged, just the way you use your voice. So, yeah, storytelling is a really important technique to use. I can. I've loved the presentations and the speeches I've loved. They always have had a story, and I probably don't remember the presentation and stuff, but I do remember the story. It clicks right here or right there, and then that's how I memorize it, whereas the boring ones is like death by PowerPoint. But there's an interesting you point up that putting up reality images. So what's your view on doing the PowerPoint presentations and things like that? So a quick tip on that. That's a good question about PowerPoint, and I run a whole half-day seminar on, on visuals. Um if you're telling a story, yep. blank the screen. Okay. Because you're storytelling, you don't want to compete with the visual elements. Okay. When you've got lots of content that you're sharing visually on a PowerPoint, yep. stand to the side of the room. Mm. Let the PowerPoint shine. Yep. That's the center of attention. When you're telling the story, blank the screen, stand in the center of the room or the center of the stage and tell the story so you're the focus of attention. Yep. And I have a concept called the DARE principle, Okay. which means every seven minutes you need to mix up the modality. So one moment you're telling a very intensely personal story loaded with emotion. Yep. Next minute you might be doing some audience interaction or throwing out a rhetorical question for the audience where they have to think and use their cognitive abilities. Next minute you might, um, yeah, put something visually appealing up on the PowerPoint slide for them to cope. But every seven minutes you need to change that up. 
So if you're doing a 70-minute presentation or a half-day workshop, again, (laughs) it's got to be lots of changes. And I learned this from doing a four-day Anthony Robbins seminar, Mm. Unleash the Power Within. I got my stopwatch out. Every seven minutes, Anthony Robbins would change the modality. Okay. So one minute you'd have to stand up out of your seats and you'd be jumping up and down shooting mm. basketball hoops. Next minute, next seven minutes, you'd get your workbook out and be interacting with your partner next to you and filling in some workbook. Next mm. minute, next seven minutes, he would uh, pull out a stool, put it in the middle of the stage, dim the lights, have one light focused on him on, him on, mm. on the stage and tell a personal story about him when he was, you know, broke and had nothing mm. and came from nowhere <laughs> in that typical motivational way. Okay. So I really learned that from some of the best uh, motivational speakers in the world. And the other tip I would have was just to be a student of other speakers. Yep. You never stop learning. I always try and make the next speech better than the one I've delivered before. I work with speech coaches. Uh, I read speech books. I constantly am a student of, of public speaking. Yep. When I first started my public speaking career, the best way – to get good, get a speech coach, do some courses, get a really good presentation, and then just deliver that. And yep. I remember when I first started, I did two presentations in a day. Yep. First presentation was fantastic, nailed it. Second presentation, it was a lunchtime rotary presentation. I failed badly because mm. I'd spent all my energy doing the first presentation. Yep. So then I learned how to manage energy when you're presenting. Yep. And I actually set my goal, a goal to do three presentations a day. Wow. So I'd find a breakfast networking group, yep. give a keynote. Then I'd find a lunchtime group, do another keynote at lunchtime. Yep. And then I'd run a three hour seminar at night. Wow. <laughs> That's you intense. do, you do three presentations a day, you get good. And you think of some of the best orators in the world, typically politicians, Bill Clinton, for example. Mm. Now, Bill Clinton, he would be doing seven, eight, nine, ten presentations a day as a polit- as the, as a leader. Mm. So you do ten presentations a day for ten days. That's a hundred presentations. You know, you get good, yeah. and that's why he's one of the best speakers in the world, commanding the highest fees, four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars for a forty-minute keynote presentation. Not necessarily because he's the smartest guy in the world, yeah. or the most articulate guy in the world. But just sheer volume of presentations made. Malcolm Gladwell in the tipping point, 10,000 hours to master something. So if you think 10,000 presentations, mm. how am I, if I want to accelerate that, you've got to be doing a lot of presentations in a lot of different styles and formats, yep. a lot of different room setups and locations and all those sorts of things. Yep. Once you do that, then you become good and then you get, you know, you're experienced. And that, and when people, you know, people speak for many, many reasons, but obviously the more you speak, the higher your visibility. Yep. The higher your visibility, the more your expert authority status, the high, the more visible you are, the more work that's going to come for you. Yep. And it's a, it's a pull strategy. It's not a push strategy because, again, the work comes to you. Mm. You get that regular pipeline of referrals. You get that regular pipeline of work. Yep. Speaking is one of the best high visibility things you can do to really grow your business, especially if you're positioning yourself as an expert. Anyone that rents their brain out to solve complex problems for money, accountants, lawyers, architects, designers, coaches, consultants, anyone in that game, 
Public speaking is a really, really good way to be known and get noticed and get a real pipeline of referrals. Yeah. Uh, I've learned a lot of things, especially about anchor points and how to pull those emotional strings and getting the structure around the story and then obviously to tie it all together why public speaking is important. The thing that the listener today can do when it comes to creating that personal story. So a quick one. It'd be look at your audience, research your audience, and then bring from your experience a personal story that's going to be relevant and resonate with that audience. So always link your stories back to the audience. Like everyone has a whole bank of stories, right? Mm. And you research a speech 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that's why I really encourage people to keep a journal because you capture all those ideas as you know, as you go, and then pull out the the personal story that's going to be ro- most relevant to that particular audience, yep. and so, the outcomes you want to achieve with oh, them. That's really great. So a couple of things to keep a journal and to relate the story back to the audience. So Tom, like you have a wealth of knowledge, and there's no way I can finish all that in fifteen <laughs> twenty minutes. But where can people come and find you or connect with you and get to know about what you do, your courses, your one-on-one coaching and mentoring and a lot, all the whole variety of things you can do? Best thing is to uh, use Google. Yep. Search Thomas Murrell. Yep. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L. You'll find my website, 8mmedia.com. You'll find me all over social media. Uh, I love publishing content and lots and lots of ideas uh, in 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 social media, uh, best thing though I guess is to come to one of my public speaking courses. Yep. Uh, and I'll s- share all my knowledge, and also have coaching programs, mastermind groups, a whole range of ways that I can help you achieve your public speaking goals. Sure, and I'll put those those links on the show notes. And thanks a lot, and really appreciate you coming on the Key to Authority podcast. Well, thank you, and great initiative. Cheers. I'd filled up quite a few pages of notes while interviewing Tom. There are a lot of takeaways from this interview. Don't you agree? I used to make the mistake of putting up pictures while telling my story, thinking it was helping the audience. But after what Tom had to say, I stopped. And then I can see the difference now. So today's action is for you to start a habit of journaling your day-to-day stories. And whenever you're speaking at an event or your next workshop, Make sure you research the audience and use the story that links back to them. To thank you for being some of the first listeners to the podcast, I'm running a contest with some awesome prizes. The contest is going to run till the 26th of April, 2015. There are five awesome prizes to be won and each prize will be revealed at the end of each episode. To be in the running, you simply have to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. And for more details about the contest, go to keytoauthority.com slash launch contest. One of the prizes for the contest is an hour with Tom, be it in person or on Skype, which Tom has generously donated. In that hour, he'll help you improve your public speaking techniques and also answer any questions you might have for him. The time with him is simply invaluable. In the next episode, you'll hear from an Indian-born Sydney educated and a Perth based entrepreneur who in short four years has grown a company into one of the most exciting enterprises here in Perth 
and he's going to share with us about the ins and outs of branding. So make sure you don't miss it by subscribing to the show. Thank you so much for listening. And to get all the details and links talked about in today's show, go to keytoauthority.com slash EP003 for the show notes. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.